We serve a God of abundance, yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck. We serve a God of order, yet your house always seems to be a mess. You feel unappreciated and overwhelmed just trying to keep up. Does the noise of life drown out the voice of God? Hi, my name is Gina Morton, a Catholic wife, mom, and declutter coach. Welcome to Pruning to Prosper, the podcast where we talk about all the practical things to run your home smoothly. Clutter, money, mindset, and yes, everyone still wants to eat. So we'll talk about that too. That nagging in your heart is God telling you he has more for you than just trying to keep up. If you're ready to get uncomfortable, get brave, and see what you can do, then grab your garden shears because you're about to prune away the stuff so you can prosper into the woman God has called you to be. Take no part in the fruitless works of darkness, rather expose them. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to Pruning to Prosper. I'm your host, Gina Morton, and that was a very short Bible verse from good old St. Paul, letter to the Ephesians. Uh, today, we're going to talk about exposing the cracks in the systems that you're using to run your home. So where uh, this originated from was I was talking to my husband, oh, probably a few years ago about just running the home and my theories about running the home and the systems that I had in place. And he said, that sounds like lean manufacturing, Gina. And I was like, okay, what's lean manufacturing? And he said, oh, it's a theory developed by Toyota. And it's about being the most efficient company um, to essentially, you know, have the, the highest profits. And I was like, huh. So I think I've just put this off, put this off. I don't know why I've put it off for so many years, but I thought, you know what? Today's the day we're going to talk about lean manufacturing and how it can be applied to the running of your home. And uh, because really, I always say, let's like declutter the stuff so we can create the life. And decluttering the stuff to me is all the stuff that's blocking your day from being the best day it can be from you living your rich life or ultimately doing what God has called you to do. All these excuses, all these practical things that are blocking your way, let's talk about them today and how we can try to um, figure out which one applies to our house and see how we can uh, undo it or at least modify it in some way. All right, the number one um, principle in lean manufacturing is waste of time on hand. So this would be delays or idle time. Dun, dun, dun. Isn't there a Bible verse about idle time is the devil's work? So what I'm talking about here are these pockets of time that we have in our day. Typically in my life, This is when I would pick up my phone and start scrolling because you think, oh, I have like 15 minutes for the kids to like come out of the school or I'm waiting at soccer practice or I'm waiting for the pot to boil before I can get the dinner started. Well, these little pockets of time are perfect opportunities to get some things done. And like these are the little things that add up over time. So maybe you want to do some. Okay, this is like a weird thing about me. Sometimes I'll just do like leg lifts in the kitchen or, you know, like just little like exercises as I'm waiting for the pot to boil or I will read a book. So it's kind of like 
I look forward to the water boiling because I get to read a good chapter or something like that, but it prevents me from scrolling. In those little pockets of time, you can do that. You can even plan a meal. If you have 10 minutes, you could meal plan for the entire week. The next 10 minutes, maybe you figure out what you need to buy at the grocery store. The next 10 minutes, you look at in the pantry, see what you have on hand to meal plan. In 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you could probably fold a basket of laundry. You could probably log on to the computer and pay some bills. You can write that card for that friend who just lost a loved one and get that in the mail. You could declutter one drawer. There is so much we can do in these little pockets of time. Let's not waste them. Number two, waste of transportation. This is the moving goods or materials from one place to another unnecessarily. So how many of you move clutter from place to place? I know. It's like, I want to eat dinner, so let's move this clutter off the kitchen table and onto this sideboard, and then when we need to have the sideboard, we move it back over here, or we move stuff from the chair in the bedroom to the floor. I know. I've, I've been in your homes. Let's stop doing that. If you're moving clutter from place to place, either stop and give it a permanent home in your house or give it away. So give it a home or give it away. Those are your two choices, all right? If it's not worthy enough to have a home in your home, then you don't need it. And I always say to my clients that it should be so easy to find things in your home that even children down to like two years of age should know exactly where you keep most things. Now, they're not going to know exactly in your bedroom, but for instance, they should know where do we keep the forks and knives to set the table? Where do we keep the crayons? Where do we keep books that we read before bed? Like there should always be a little home within your home for all the things. And if there isn't, consider getting rid of it. Number three, waste of processing. This happens when a poor process or tool results in more processing than is necessary. All right, so this is when you've set up systems and you think you're on the right track, but it's just not working. This is what I typically see in overcomplicated routines. So if your routines involve 15 different steps to get things done or to get your kids to come home from school and they need to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this before they can actually like sit down and have a snack, it's probably too much. Okay, so you got to figure out where can we cut back on these complicated routines. If you've got a complicated cleaning routine, if you're using 15 different products and that means that you need to keep track of each of those products and how much you have remaining, let's see how you can simplify that. See if you can't reduce the products that you use down to like one or two things and can they be used anywhere in the house? What about your cleaning of your body? Like, are you using 15 different shampoos and bodies? Like, what does your shower look like? Like, can you simplify it? Can you simplify your makeup routine, your hair routine, any of those kind of things? Can you simplify your meal routine, your meal plans? I personally love to cook and I love to shop and I love to look at my, my cookbooks. So typically we'll have about, mm, I'd say 20 different meals a month. But when I first get my clients started on meal planning, we just do five meals 
and we repeat until they get into the habit. And the less meals you have planned for, the easier it is to know how much of that food you have in your house. And you can also take advantage of sales to stock up. So if you know that you're having meatloaf every Tuesday and you know it's a pound of meat for your family to eat, well, then you know you need four pounds of meatloaf for the month of November, okay? Simple as that. Easy peasy, I just meal plan for you, okay? And also with your budgets too. If your budget is like super complicated and it's it doesn't make you want to sit down and actually look at it, then see where you can simplify the budget. Um, I'm going to be doing an episode on this shortly about credit cards versus debit cards, but we've made a little change that I'll tell you, I've gotten my bill paying system down to about mm, maybe 10 minutes per month. All right, I'm loving it. Number four, waste of excess inventory. This is the purchasing of materials ahead of demand. So you're buying things before you actually need them. Let's cue the end of season sales at, say, Old Navy or Target or um, Costco. Let's first, let's stick with the clothing, okay? Whether it be for yourself or your kids, you see a sale, you can't resist, you buy the things. But then fast forward to the season that those clothes are appropriate and perhaps your child is not that size Perhaps your kid doesn't even like the things. We've had a lot of that in our house where even if the kid is with me buying the clothes, as soon as the tags come off, they're like, I don't really like it. It's itchy. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh. So you're saving all these things or you're accepting hand-me-downs from friends, okay? Maybe it's not that you're purchasing things. Maybe you're just accepting hand-me-downs and your house is just overrun with stuff that you don't necessarily need or you don't need it yet. So I've got episodes on how to deal with hand-me-downs and stuff, but pretty much always keep a list of what your kids actually need and try not to buy um, more than you need. And if if you have like, okay, so let's say you're Target and there's a cute, there's a sale going on and you can get five pairs of leggings for $10 and you're like, oh my God, this is great. What a great deal. You don't know if your kid's going to fit them. You don't know if they're going to like them, whatever take that $10 and tuck it away. And if you say, well, I was going to put it on my credit card so I don't really have the $10, then walk away. Why are you buying stuff on a credit card that you don't even have the money to pay for? So assuming you have the cash to pay that $10, take it and set it aside. And that way, when your kids come to you and they say, I need to wear something green to school tomorrow, you can say, okay, let's take this money. We'll go out to Target. We'll buy something green or I'll go on Facebook Marketplace. I'll buy something green. Or when your kids all of a sudden outgrow their sneakers and it's the middle of the season, you can go out and buy these things, okay? So wait until you need the thing and especially wait until you have the money to pay cash for these things. Remember, excess inventory, like things from Costco or hand-me-downs or sale items, they take up two things in your home. They occupy your money, so you can no longer access that money. You've now tied it up in clothing or product from Costco, and they've taken up the space in your home. So I've seen homes where children have to sit on cases of water because mom and dad went to Costco and went 
buck wild, buying things um, at Costco, and now there's no place for the kids to even sit. This is not a this is not a home, you guys. Your home is not Costco. Okay, so either use water bottles that are refillable and don't even spend any money on water bottles, or just wait until you're totally done and you have a space in your home where you specifically store the cases of water, okay? Your home is not a storage unit. Number five, waste of movement, unnecessary motion of materials, people, or products. So how many times are you getting in and out of your car and leaving your house every single day? So I know gas prices are always a concern and every time you're moving that car, you're spending money on gas. So where can you reduce the number of times that you are actually leaving your house? Can you order the things online? Can you carpool? Can you walk or ride your bike? Maybe even take the bus. I know since we've been home from Europe, I'm really into riding my bike and going to the grocery store. It's been so fun. And it's like my son can take the car to school and I have my bike and I can get there. Um, I met my friend at church the other day. I rode my bike there and then we went out for coffee and I said, I can go out for coffee, but you have to drive me. <laughs> and she said, that's fine. It was no big deal. Um, so where can you walk or ride a bike? Um, plan better to reduce your trips. Okay. So instead of going out 15 different times, think about, can I get this at the same store that I'm already going to? I'm going to give you two real life examples that have happened to me recently. I used to buy my dog food at a separate pet store, but it was a little bit of a pain and out of my way. And as soon as the dog ran out of food, I'd be like, oh gosh, I have to go get her dog food. Well, I would earn points and I would save money and all that stuff. And that's why I continued for years to buy it at the dog store. But they carry the same exact brand in my grocery store. It's about $5 more, but you know what? It saves me a trip. So that $5 is well worth it to me because I'm not taking my car out one more time. And every time you take your car out, I hate to be negative Nelly, but you're risking something happening to your car. Or, you know what I mean? Like I had a, a little friend in my life, little one of my little nieces, she, um, she went out to get Starbucks and crashed her car. And it's like, well, that was a very expensive cup of coffee, wasn't it? Not to say that you can't go get coffee or you can't do those things, but just try to reduce how many times that you're actually going to the stores. The other thing happened just today. We have a an entire house salt water. What do you say? No water softener system. So it kind of like makes all the water throughout my house softer. So all the water from my dishwasher, my washing machine, the shower water, all that stuff is like, it's softened because we have very hard water. But we have been out of salt for I don't know how long. It's been on my chalkboard to go buy the salt because I buy it at Home Depot. But I'll tell you, I have zero motivation to go to Home Depot. I just don't like it. I don't like the vibe of the whole place. It's huge. Um, unless I'm there to just walk around. I love just walking around without any agenda, but my life is getting busier and I just don't have the time and it's out of the way. There's really nothing convenient for me to go to Home Depot. So guess what? Today, um, after having a little bit of a spat with my husband about the salt, <laughs> I went to the grocery store and I was like, you know what? They sell similar salt here at the grocery store. It's a little bit more expensive, maybe by a dollar a bag, 
But you know what? It's done. And it's in the machine now. And my water is getting softened. But, you know, it's like Pennywise Pound Foolish. I can either wait three months to get to Home Depot. And in the meantime, my dishes aren't getting cleaned. My machines are like hard water is bad for all of your machines, your washing machine, your dishwasher. So meanwhile, all that stuff is is getting older. You know what I mean? So it's better just to spend the extra dollar and get it in the grocery store where it's convenient. So that's my new thing I'm going to be doing. Okay. Number six, waste of making defective products. So the effort involved in inspecting for and fixing defects can be avoided by building quality into the system. This is uh, one that I talk about all the time when I declutter people's homes and especially their wardrobes. Buy less, but buy better. Buy the best quality that you can pay cash for, okay? So if I heard this example on uh, Ramit Seti's podcast the other week, somebody had I think they had maybe a $3,000 mattress or something, but it was really out of line with how much money they made per year. It was the, for their amount of income, it was way too much mattress. Okay. So, um, they, 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 they deserve to have a good quality mattress, but you have to be able to afford it. Okay. So don't just say like, well, we deserve the best quality. We're going to go buy the top of the line mattress. No, you have to keep it in line. But as far as like furniture goes, I always say it is better to go to an estate sale or go to a secondhand store and buy good quality furniture. Look for dovetail drawers. Look for solid wood. This is way better quality than what you're going to buy at Target or Ikea. Those things are not meant to be heirloom pieces. They're meant to be just kind of transitional pieces that you're going to have for a period of life, and they assume you're going to get rid of them and move on to another new sofa every five years. I'm telling you, estate sales are my secret to furnishing a good quality home on a budget, okay? So every budget works well for secondhand stuff and you're gonna get much better quality. And it's better for the environment too, that you're not just throwing this stuff away every couple of years. Same thing with shoes, all right? I say this all the time as well. Buy your kids good leather shoes that you can pass down because you'll probably get maybe two or three little girls out of the same pair of church shoes if you buy a good pair. And people always say, well, I'm going to, like, I can't afford 50 or $60 for a pair of shoes. But I'm like, yeah, but we just put six pairs of shoes in the donation bin. And that was probably 70 or $80 worth of shoes. But they were cheap little shoes that they only wore for a few months and then they fell apart. Okay, so buy the best you can buy. Save up for it as long as you're paying cash for it. Same with clothing for yourself. Buy the best clothing you can buy because it's it's going to fit you better and it's going to last better versus buying things that are fast fashion. Lastly, the waste of underutilized workers. Not balancing capacity effectively, underutilizing some team members while overburdening others. So I love this one and it's our final one. My question to you is, Is mom doing everything in the house or is dad doing everything in the house or is it just the parents doing everything in the house? If this is the case, if you find yourself constantly feeling like you're the only one doing anything, this is probably where you're not being most efficient. You need to recruit your people. 
if you have a family living with you in your house, they need to be utilized. So divide and conquer with your husband who's going to do what chores or maybe which days people are going to do it, but you need to ask for help. If possible, hire help. I'm telling you, a cleaning person is one of the best uses of money you can ever spend. Second to that might be a meal service. Um, lastly, recruit your kids. It's not going to be child abuse if you ask your kids to help with some chores. This was a thing that went down last night in my house because I was getting this way. I was feeling like I do everything. I do everything. And I thought, it's my own fault because I don't ask my kids to help. They are always more than willing to help when I ask them. I just don't. I always just think, ah, I'll just do it myself. I can do it better myself. I can do it faster myself. But really, I'm driving myself crazy. So I think I just need to make a list for my kids. Like, I need you to do this, 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 and this. You know, like, I'll say to my kids the other day, um, I was walking out the door and I noticed that the moms on my front porch were all looking really sad. So I stuck my head back in and I said, could somebody please water the moms before I get home from the grocery store? And they're like, yeah, I'll do it. No problem. I'm like, great. Like, off my plate. Okay. So ask your family for help and give your kids age appropriate tasks that they can do. Remember, this is all life skills. We're not, um, we're not trying to raise them up in this pampered world where mom and dad do everything for them. You're giving them life skills, teaching them how to do their laundry, how to pick up their mess. And again, if it's taking them too long or you feel that you're losing your temper, then it's simply too much stuff for a child of that age. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you could hear some areas of um, efficiency that you could improve upon and uh, that you can take some of this and figure out where you can kind of paste up those cracks in your, your systems and make your home run a little bit more lean and a little bit more efficient. Have a great day and I'll see you on Saturday for a five minute declutter with me. Take care.